0: Well, this is Trice Talk Minipod for Wednesday night, September the 29th, 2021, and I'm your host, Donald Wayne. And no, it's not Halloween, but um, I'm going to do a little Halloween uh, story a little bit later. So I thought, well, you know, I'll go ahead and throw a little uh, thriller in there. It's one of my favorite songs. always play that around Halloween. So I thought it seemed appropriate to throw in there at this time. But thanks for tuning in to this episode. Whoops, I got something flying around the microphone here. What in the heck is that? Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Minipod. Hope everyone had a great hump day today. Uh, This is the day of the week that Dennis Lee and I used to do our uh, Wacky Wednesdays. And uh, I kind of missed that. Because that's when we were always talking about goofy stuff. We could be wacky. Um, but, you know, anyway, I, I hope um, it's, it's historically the middle of the week for those of us that have to work five-day weeks. And then there's many of us that have to work six-day weeks. But uh, whatever it is, hope that it was not bad for you today. Um, yeah, it's been, golly, it's been a week of pretty much glorious weather here in Atlanta, Georgia. And I know here I am talking about weather again, but, uh, it's just so nice. It's hard not to mention it now. I, it's got to be about to end. Um, and of course, since we're getting c- closer to the weekend, that's probably when it'll happen when, when a lot of people would like to plan being outside and doing something fun. But it sure has been nice and definitely is um, uh, looking more like fall. And won't be long until the yards will be covered with leaves here in this area of Georgia. But um, (laughs) as I've said before, the weather puts me in the frame of mind for fall activities. And one of the biggest fall activities there is... It's Halloween, so all right, Michael. I'm going to have to cut you down here because I'm not quite sure what's going to come up after you. That was such a great video on MTV, too, right? Um, actually, the production on that on that. Uh, music video was better than a lot of movies that have come out of Hollywood in recent years. Anyway, when I was thinking about subjects for tonight's show, other than Halloween, I thought about, well, talking about California governor Gavin Newsom's signing that bill last week. That basically will allow a young girl, uh, as as young as 12 to be able to go to a doctor in that state and get an abortion without her parents' consent. In fact, according to this bill, according to the reports that I've read, I actually haven't read the bill itself, so I'm going on information that I have read. It says that uh, parents won't even have the right to see the medical records pertaining to that abortion. And that's their underage child, one they're responsible for legally and financially. But yet this child can go to a doctor and get an abortion, and then the parents don't even have the right to see the medical records. But they're still going to be responsible for the bill. I mean, that's, you know, that's liberalism there for you folks, or some people would say Marxism. But then I decided, well, I don't really want to do that story tonight because there's a lot to that, and I just don't want to get that aggravated tonight. So then then I thought, well, I could relay the story I heard from one of our local talk show pundits yesterday uh, as I was um, traveling to pick up some lunch. I heard uh, this guy that comes on from 12 to 3 here in the Atlanta market on WSB radio, talk radio, Eric Erickson, and um, I've talked about Eric Erickson uh, pretty much since we started uh, Trice Talk last year, and I like a lot of his stuff, and I think he's a good guy, and I, I there's many, many points that he raises that I certainly agree with him. Uh, One of the worst things, though, was uh, when Trump was running in 2016, Eric did not support Donald Trump. He just did not feel like he was right for the job. But anyway, Eric Erickson talked about a story, and he says that this is a provision in the new Democrat boondoggle of a tax bill, another one of these infrastructure tack-ons. Uh, I think it's in that uh, what is it, a 3,000, three thousand thirty five hundred page bill that the Democrats are trying to push that they're having a lot of difficulty in even with their own within members of their own party. But um, he said there's this particular provision in that that uh, tax bill that would assess a little over six thousand dollars per year tax on each and every dairy cow that some, some farmer owns. Um, I believe it's just for the dairy cows because I I think his point was the, uh, the cows that are designed for, uh, providing us with our hamburger and steaks and so forth. Uh, they don't expect them to be around as long, so they're not taxing them. But the dairy cows can be used for a number of years for milk and so forth. And um, this tax is to cover compensation for their methane gas emissions. Cow farts. You know, and people laughed about that, I believe, last year. uh, Maybe it was two years ago when the Democrats first started talking about that. And people were laughing, saying, oh, that's ridiculous. Nobody's going to do that. Well, Eric Erickson says that it is buried in that bill. So farmers, basically dairy farmers, uh, are looking at a $6,000 plus per year tax on each cow for this methane issue, which uh, Eric Erickson was saying that uh, the economist that he talked to said it would probably double the cost of milk in the stores. And, uh, we're paying a little under, I guess it's a little under $3, I believe. Uh, you know, and I buy the stuff and I don't, I don't really pay attention to it. You know, the necessities, I just, I, I don't know. I just, I see it when I go through the store, but it didn't really stay with me. So, you know, you could be paying $6, of, uh, you know, for a gallon of milk if, if this gets passed, but then I decided I don't really want to do that one either because there's, there's a lot more research and so forth to that. And if I get started on that one, I want to do some of those other dumbass things that are in that bill as well. I mean, 3,500 pages. My, I mean, I just, I, I can't even imagine. Can't even imagine all the stuff that's in there and the media's not talking about it. So I said, well, I'm not going to do that tonight because it's just, you know, I, 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 wanna, I want to do other things that are included in that bill as well. And uh, I just don't uh, I'm just don't have the energy right now to uh, try to research and and find a bunch of that other crazy crap that's in there. So then I thought, well, maybe I can talk about the Senate hearings. I, I did catch a little of them uh, today um, not for very long, but I did catch some, you know, maybe 45 minutes or so of them this morning. And, uh, you know, the Senate hearings is going on with general Miley and secretary of defense, uh, what was his name Lloyd Austin. And then that other military guy, I can't remember his name right now, but there was three of them up there and they were grilling them today. And, and I mean, I decided I really didn't want to do that one either because, I mean, what a shit show that is, right? I mean, if you've gotten to watch any of it, many but not all of the Democrats take some of their time. I think they're given five minutes each, which, you know, is a ridiculous uh, short amount of time. But I guess really considering how these, uh, these senators bloviate about, you know, a lot of them are up there just really grandstanding for their own purposes and not really to accomplish anything. But, uh, you know, they only get five minutes and the Democrats take a good portion of their five minutes, not all of them, but some of the ones that I heard today take most of their time talking about, um, how wonderful uh, these three gentlemen are that are on the stage. And also, um, how wonderful Joe Biden is and what such a good job he did and the organization and the withdrawal from Afghanistan and so forth. And then many of them even take a shot at Donald Trump, right? The ex president. And then many of the feckless Republicans, as I would call them, the, the they're taking most of their time, I guess to try to make points with their constituents. I'm not really sure. I mean, you've got five minutes and really you want to ask questions to these people, but then you spend three and a half minutes, you know, running your mouth about, you know, your impression of things. And we've already heard the same shit five, six, seven, eight, ten, two 10, two dozen times. Ask the questions ask questions to put them on on the spot you spend most of your time talking and then you can't actually get them to say what you need them to say or what you want to get them not to say right so i i I just i'm thoroughly disappointed with many of the republicans that i saw uh, step up today. And and they just want to ramble on and on and on about the same stuff that some other Senator said earlier. How many times do you have to hear, ask questions of these guys, put them on the spot. What a waste. But then I decided I didn't want to really talk about that one either. Right. It's just, it's, it's too disappointing. And we wonder why government doesn't work. Now, we have to have government. I'm not saying we don't need government. I'm not talking about abolition of government, right? I'm, when I say that, I mean, we need to get new people in there. We've got to turn over people in Congress. Now, I don't want to get a bunch of AOCs in there or a bunch of Rashad's or, uh, uh, Cory bookers. I don't want to get a bunch of crazy ass people in there that want to turn this into a Marxist nation, but we've got to get some level-headed, uh, public centered people in there that don't care about a political career. No more than Donald Trump did when he, when he, uh, ran for office in 2016. He didn't need that as a career. And we don't need people going in there to make a career out of, you know, being in Congress. Because what you get when you have career politicians, haven't we proven it? We get what we have today. These are the people that created the problems for the most part. There are some newer ones in there that really didn't have a hand on a lot of this crap, but the ones that have been there for years and years and years, Nancy Pelosi included, Maxine Waters included. And I could name a bunch of others, but we just need to get some new people in there. New people who care about the United States of America, not about renaming our country, not about renaming our f- or redesigning our flag. Changing the national anthem, but actually get down to the serious, important things of doing things for the people in this country. So, I I just I decided, uh, yeah, that was uh, the flag thing was actually uh, something that came up. I saw on on the on a program tonight. Uh, Something about the New York Times uh, had a piece about making suggestions for replacing our national flag, and they were showing some of their suggestions on there. And I'm like, oh, my God, what acid trip were these people on when they started looking at these as potential flags for this country? I mean, you're talking about going for something uh, that people can be proud of and we've been proud of and people have fought and died for under the that flag, under the representation of that flag, that flag is what uh, abolished slavery. That flag is what we carried at Iwo Jima. And people actually want to get rid of that flag? But then I decided, no, I don't really want to go too far with that either. I'm going to save that discussion for a night when i'm in a really good mood maybe i'll do it on a night either when dennis lee is back uh or maybe i have another guest on somebody to bounce that off of because uh i would love to get some input about how people feel about those who want to change the american flag because it's not representative of everybody if you're a, if you're an american it's representative of you. All right, so I finally decided that I would start out tonight with the very thing, very reason I played Thriller by Michael Jackson. Something that's easy, something that won't get me riled up, uh, upset, pissed off at the stupidity that is just rampant in this country today. A bunch of self-serving, pious piss ants, as we used to call them in Texas. So I thought, well, let me do this. We're only a day away from um, October, and which will bring us into Halloween. And um, excuse me for a second. I get, what? Why do I get these? All right something popped up on the screen. So this is just a prelude to Halloween. I thought, well, let's talk. That's probably the nicest thing I can think of, at least that I saw that I could talk about tonight and just a little bit of a preview of what to expect from Halloween this year. So I looked on the internet and, um, I found an article, uh, by let's see, it's a site called the National Retail Federation, which was kind of an odd place to find an article about Halloween, but um, it it goes into what they're expecting uh, Halloween to be like for um, sales and so forth. You know, for uh, you know, for retailers, if you will. Over the holiday season, holiday, I'd say holiday, but over the Halloween holiday season. So um, I've got some interesting stuff here that's on that site about Halloween. So I'll just start, I'll just start at the top here. And uh, of course, after last year's disaster with Halloween, although according to this article, it wasn't actually all that bad. So let me see. The article says consumer spending on Halloween-related items is expected to reach an all-time high of $10.14 billion this year, which is up from the $8.5 eight billion point five billion last year. And again, this is according to the National Retail Federation's annual survey conducted by proper insights and analytics um i'm really surprised that that number was that high for last year especially with the COVID situation and i, I really don't remember i know there were some people talking about still having parties and a lot of people were still talking about you know, putting candy out for the kids and stuff last year i know here in our subdivision we didn't have uh, a a lot of kids going around in fact i'm not even sure they had any i, I don't remember seeing them but um uh, so, you know, I'm surprised that that number, 8.05 billion, was spent last year on Halloween. But anyway, according to the same report, 60, 65% of Americans plan to celebrate Halloween this year. Americans plan to spend approximately $102.74 per person on Halloween-related items this year. Total planned spending for the country is expected to be $10.1 billion. The top celebration plans in comparison to the previous two years. So this is things that people are planning on doing, uh, this year in comparison to what they did the previous two years. So this year, 66% of people plan to hand out candy. Okay. And you certainly want to hand it all out because if you don't, you're going to end up eating yourself, which is was always a problem for me up until we started buying stuff that I don't really like anyway. So, you know, it really wasn't a temptation. Uh, only 62% had planned to hand out candy in 2020 last year during the height of the COVID Uh, 69% had planned to hand out candy in 2019. So really, we're almost back up to the 2019 uh, expectations for handing out candy. Uh, According to this same survey, 52% plan to decorate for Halloween this year. And that's actually down from 53% that said that they were planning to decorate for Halloween last year. Now maybe that's because more people are getting out and they're not, maybe last year they had to, they wanted to put up decorations and stuff just, just to get the feel for Halloween, even though uh, there wasn't a lot of interaction with people during Halloween. Uh, And then only 49% had said back in 2019 that they were planning on decorating for Halloween. So uh, we're up. Even last year was up. All right. 46% plan to dress up for Halloween this year. And the funny thing is, 46% said last year that they planned to dress up for Halloween. So that stat didn't really change. And in 2019, 47% had said that they planned to dress up for Halloween. So, you know, that those numbers are still kind of even there. Uh, 44% this year planned to carve a pumpkin. 46% said that they had planned to carve a pumpkin last year. Again, because there was a lot of restrictions and a lot of people didn't get to go places, maybe they had more time to sit around and carve pumpkins last year. 44% said that they had planned to carve a pumpkin in 2019. So we're back to that number. Uh, 25% planned to attend or throw a party this year. That's 25%. 22% had planned to attend or throw a party last year. So we're up a little bit. But in, in 2019, 32% had responded and said that they planned to attend or throw a party in 2019. So, you know, we're down. We're still down from that high of 32% in 2019. Uh, also, along with those percentages, 25% said that they plan to take their children trick or treating this year. Uh, I don't have a number for the previous years. Uh, 20% plan to dress their pets for halloween this year and i know every time i go to target i see a there's always a rack up in at the front of the um uh the pet toys and pet foods and all that stuff at target and there's a section there with costumes for dogs for halloween but you know the funny thing is (laughs) They've always got costumes hanging up there all year round, pretty much. Now, maybe not the same thing. They don't have pumpkins up there all the time. You can dress your pet up as a pumpkin. We'd have to have a hell of a large costume for our dog. It's a uh, <laughs> it's a golden, gold, golden, golden doodle, and uh, I don't even know if they make costumes large enough. I think maybe a hat or something, maybe I could... Put on her, but uh, she's a wonderful dog. Um, but we have not forced her to wear a Halloween costume. Of course, she's only uh, a couple of years old, about two and a half years old. So maybe this is the year we should dress her up. Uh, and 18% plan to visit a haunted house this year. Um, gosh, I haven't been to a haunted house in over 20 years uh, that I can remember but um, I guess that's still a big thing. I don't think they had any last year, so uh, that's not a high number, but some of the... Have, have you ever been to one of those haunted houses? I mean, I know we, we've had some here in Atlanta. We have a lot of them in Atlanta, actually, um, and I, I remember the last one I went to It was so freaky. I guess that's why I haven't been back to one since. But, you know, going through a haunted house with dim lighting, uh, weird lighting, uh, sometimes with strobe lights, and then you got the sounds of a chainsaw, and then you got some freak chasing you with a chainsaw that doesn't have a blade in it. But although it's so dark and so so much strobe light going on, you can't tell it don't have a blade in the chainsaw. And you got that noise. And it's very disconcerting. Uh, you know, uh, then you think about some of those Halloween movies, you know, but, um, I haven't been to one since that particular time. So, uh, but I guess 18% of the people are planning on going to one this year. All right. The total expected spending this year is $3.3 billion on costumes, $3 billion on candy, $3 billion on candy. Oh my gosh, wonder if somebody's ever tried to calculate how many calories 3 billion dollars will buy you. Uh 3.2 billion dollars on decorations, that seems like a lot of money, but you know, have, some of those things that they sell at Home Depot for your yard, I mean, they're five hundred dollars 500. Uh these mechanical things that people are really into. Uh, and also uh, 0.7 billion on greeting cards. I can't remember a time in my adult life where I ever gave anybody a, a, a greeting card for Halloween. I see them in the stores all the time, but I I just, I don't know. I just don't know that that's an occasion I would send somebody a card with a Halloween, or with a witch or frankenstein i mean i guess i guess if i was trying to be funny if there's a funny card for halloween i might do it just just for kicks but um yeah uh a little over half a billion dollars on greeting cards are expected to be spent this year this report goes on to say that this year's consumers are shopping for halloween items much earlier than ever with 45 percent of people planning to shop in september which we're almost finished so uh, i guess they're finished Or earlier, and of course, you know, the Halloween stuff started appearing in the stores in August. Um, And another 39% uh, said that they intended to buy their Halloween stuff during the first two weeks in October, which that doesn't seem too surprising that, you know, if I were going to buy a bunch of stuff for Halloween, that's when I would do it. Uh, interest in pet costumes remains high for this year's Halloween, with one in five attending to in, intending to, uh, to dress their pets up for Halloween, which we were just talking about how much money people are going to spend on that. Younger adults are more likely to dress their pets in costumes as 28% of those age 18 to 24 and 30% of those age 18, I'm sorry, 25 to 34. Plan to dress their pets up in costumes. Okay. The most popular costumes is the last thing on my item here for pets are pumpkins. And that's uh, 10% of people, you know, purchase pumpkin costumes for their pets. Uh, 5% of the people that shop for pet costumes buy a hot dog as a costume or a hot dog costume, not a real hot dog. (laughs) Had to be a very small dog. And let's see, superhero or cat. Superhero or cat, each tied at 4%. And bumblebees at 3%. For children, more than 1.8 million children plan to dress up as Spider-Man this year. Uh, More than 1.6 million as their favorite princess. More than 1.2 million plan to dress up as Batman. Uh, that's that's kind of uh, unique since uh, it's been a while since we've had a Batman movie, a new one anyway. And more than 1.2 million will dress up as one of their favorite superheroes. For adults, of those who were planning to dress for Halloween, nearly 60, 69% say that they uh they already know what their costume will be this year more than 4.6 million adults plan to dress up like a witch well there's an original idea more than 1.6 million plan to dress up as a vampire another original idea i used to have the neatest vampire costume uh, for years in fact i still have the cape for it but all the other stuff has kind of gone by the wayside um I kind of always like the only, only problem with me dressing up as a vampire is with my beard. Uh, even with just when I had a mustache, it, you, you never really saw a vampire in, in the movies that, um, at least the lead vampires that had facial hair, uh, more than 1.4 million, uh, planned to dress up as a ghost and more than 1.1 million as a cat. And another 1.1 million as a pirate. I, I have a typo here, and it says Pirtle, uh, but I'm pretty sure that is supposed to be a pirate. So, um, so the above survey was asked of 8,061 customers about Halloween shopping plans. It was conducted on September the 1st through 8th and has a margin of error rate of plus or minus 11 percentage points. You know, Halloween is one of those non-holiday holidays uh, that it is surprising how many adults care and celebrate well beyond their years as being kids or teenagers. Maybe it's because when you have kids, most parents are forced to deal with the holiday for one reason or other. You know, I personally enjoy the tradition of Halloween. It wasn't that many years ago that we continued to set up a decorated tent. I know it sounds kind of odd. It was kind of like one of those tents you set up at the sports field and we would dress up and, and sit inside and had a black light and then some other Halloween dim lights and so forth and, and decorations inside the tent. And we decorated the outside of the tent and then we bought this fog machine, which hardly ever worked the way we wanted it to but sometimes it was kind of spooky and then the kids would come up the driveway and supposedly they were I mean the it wasn't a big tent so it wasn't like you had to go deep inside you could stand right at the entrance to it and there's our table with the candy and stuff and we were sitting there uh passing it out and uh, it it was fun but you know there were a number of little kids that, uh, would stand at the end of the driveway and, and cry, uh, and their parents would have to come up and get the candy. So, um, maybe we were just a little bit too scary, but, um, you know, I, I, I've always enjoyed Halloween and I, and every year I, when I, when we would do that, I could remember myself running through the neighborhoods or I remember running through this neighborhood uh when my youngest son was small and uh getting him to go up and I remember the first halloween but it was raining that halloween so um anyway it's 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 a fun time of the year for many people maybe a lot of old uh you know Grouchy folks don't really appreciate that and having to deal with people yelling trick or treat and coming to the door. But in our subdivision, you just don't turn your porch light on if you don't want the kids coming up, and then if you have your porch light on, they will come to your door. But anyway, that's coming up. So that's that's a little bit of facts about Halloween and that was my nice story for tonight. Um, all right. So one other thing, I'll go back to a serious story to, uh, finish out the episode tonight. And this is something we kind of touched on before, but I found a new article, uh, dated yesterday. And it's an article by Bethany Blankley from the center square. I'm not quite sure what that is, but it was on the Epic times, and it it's the story is called Semiconductor Shortages to Cost Auto Industry Two and uh, Two Hundred and Ten Billion Dollars in Revenue This Year. Now, if you've been following Tri's Talk and many pods uh, this year, you have probably heard me talk about the day that I had to take my Explorer in for an oil change uh, a few months ago. And while I was there, I noticed that there were, gosh fewer than 20 cars on the entire lot because that was always my pastime when I would go in and take my vehicle for service and I always stay with it. I don't, you know, I don't, it's not worth it for me to go back home or get, get a ride and go back home. So I usually wander around and look at the cars, see if there's anything I'm interested in, especially when I'm getting close to time, uh, to trade. And, uh, I walked out and like I said, there was fewer and than 20 cars on the lot. So I went back inside and I asked, uh, people in the dealership about it. And they said, uh, it was because of the chip shortage. So they were telling me that thousands of cars and trucks have been built and are sitting at the manufacturing plants across the country, waiting for the brains to come in or the brains or the chips of the semiconductors, if you will. um, But I have noticed in the last couple of weeks since that time that uh, more and more dealerships are beginning to have a little bit larger inventory on their lot. And and then a lot of times they're just spreading their cars out to make the lots look fuller, even though there's not as many cars there. So I got this article. I'm I'm just going to go through some of the highlights of this, and I'll be posting the article on uh, our Facebook page um the article says the u.s auto industry is expected to lose two 210 billion in revenue this year according to the latest forecast by the global consulting firm alex partners that's alix which projects a multitude of extraordinary disruptions in the industry the industry is facing a loss of 7.7 million units I guess that's 7.7 million vehicles um, of production, double the loss of a May forecast just a few months ago that Alex Partners had projected because of an ongoing semiconductor shortage worldwide. Any type of technology that is computerized depends on semiconductors to function. Modernizing automobiles has uh, involves computerized Designs that make them more efficient and less expensive. Seriously, less expensive. Okay. However, without semiconductors, computerized automobiles can't operate and parts are hard to come by. Semiconductors control everything from the airbag deployment to emergency brake assistance and computer management of engines related to fuel economy and performance without chips production of automobiles can't be completed leading to a shortage of products and available parts for repairs during the state shutdowns last year more people bought computers smartphones and electronic devices causing a demand for chips to be built for the tech industry while the demand went up for chips supply went down as it normally would, but was also impacted by weather conditions outside of the industry's control. A major chip supplier. Whoops. I just messed with my screen. (laughs) A major chip supplier in Japan had a fire which halted chip production. Intel based in Texas had issues related to the mid February freeze that hampered operations. You remember that last year? I mean, earlier this year, I'm sorry. Earlier this year, you know, during that global warming event. Uh, In July, Intel also restructured its operations after announcing delays in its 7nm processors. I'm not sure what that is. I'm not a computer person. And Taiwan, one of the largest chip producers in the world, is suffering from a drought an island suffering from a drought and an area where they have lots of uh, tropical storms and hurricanes, but it's impacting chip production, which the article says requires a lot of water. You're surrounded, you're on an island, you're surrounded by water. Okay, all right. Well, maybe obviously salt water would be corrosive. But uh, seemed like they, okay. Anyway, the Taiwan Semiconductor Manufacturing Company announced its supplies would remain constrained until at least 2022. Unfortunately, the auto industry uses less expensive chips made with older production techniques. Well, that's not a surprise. And with companies prioritizing chip production for tech over cars, a shortage was inevitable. This article cites things like resin and steel shortages to labor shortages as more factors that are causing issues with finishing the production of new cars. Virtually any shortage or production interruption anywhere in the world can affect companies around the globe. General Motors recently announced it was cutting production at six North American assembly plants. Its president marks Mark Roos, Said we're going to see a stabilization to some extent before we see getting the volume that we really need. We've got an inventory hole that then got exasperated by the chip. Exasper, exasperated. Exacerbated. <laughs> Just one of those things. All right, by the chip shortage typos just make it so much fun chrysler also said it was cutting production at three facilities in the u.s and canada of course chrysler is not an american company anymore as many of you know which is one of the reasons i won't be buying a chrysler product uh ford announced it was temporarily shutting down its kansas city assembly plant and toyota has announced that it is cutting production by 40% in its Japanese-based plants and roughly 60% in its North American plants. The funny thing is, U.S. companies lead the world in chip design, but the majority of semiconductor production, 80%, that is, takes place in Asia. The Democrat multi-trillion dollar infrastructure St- structure package includes a $50 billion investment in critical technologies, including semiconductors. And an April budget request also included $150 million for two new manufacturing programs, one of which would prioritize manufacturing semiconductors in the U.S. So the Democrats want to give taxpayer money to corporations to bribe them into producing the needed parts here in the United States. So they then can turn around and make millions of dollars in selling those, those semiconductors back to the American market. (laughs) To the very people that gave them money to fund the operations in the first place. Only in America, folks. Only in America. Gotta love Democrats. They're masters at spending money they don't have to earn. All right. That'll do it for the semiconductors. Uh, You know, uh, when when this first came out, in fact, I even made a comment to the the guy at the dealership when he told me about the, the chip issue being the reason they didn't have a lot of cars there. I said, oh, okay, that damn China. And uh, actually, this is the second article that I read that has not mentioned China as being one of the uh, major producers of the uh, chips. But Taiwan is the leader in that. And uh, we do have some capacity here in the United States, like I said, in Texas. But so at least it's not China um uh, that is creating the problem which I had a problem with when I was thinking it was China because why in the hell do we let people that are enemies produce things that we need and only they produce it or they produce the majority of it like our pharmaceuticals we depend on an enemy of ours to provide us with pharmaceuticals I mean really you want the people who want the destruction of our country to be the ones that we're buying our drugs from, and we're supposed to think those drugs are safe for us. Yes, makes a lot of sense to me. But at least in this case, it doesn't appear that China is the culprit in the semiconductor issue. All righty then. Well, that's going to do it for tonight's show, and I hope uh, the little mix of something that wasn't so political and with something that uh, that could be very political um, worked for you. It was kind of nice not to be thoroughly upset for the entire segment of uh, Trash Talker Minipod. I appreciate you taking the time to listen or to download this episode of Tristalk mini pod. If you did, uh, if you did, you're not hearing me talk about it now, are you? But please, if you like what you heard, be sure to hit that follow button. If you have an issue with anything that you heard me talk about tonight, or you disagree strongly, or you agree, uh, or you want to tell me to, (laughs) you know, Stop doing podcasts. Uh, I welcome all comments. If you'll just send me an email at tricetalk69pts at gmail.com, I will respond. No matter what you say to me, I will respond. Although, if you're too ugly, I will probably uh, surprise you with my response. Uh, Let's see. So, what is it's Wednesday night? All right, so um, please join me for another episode tomorrow night of Minipod, and then someday soon, Dennis Lee is going to stick his head around the corner for an episode of Trice Talk. So until next time, everybody. Stay safe, and for goodness sake, pay attention to what's going on in our country.